Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. You know, I'm more bullish on Clemson than most of the people. In fact, when the ACC media days come around, Florida State's going to be the favorite to win the ACC, and Florida State is going to be ranked higher than Clemson uh, in the AP poll. But when I look at Clemson this year, you know, I talked to Coach Sweeney and uh, went over the team with them. He told me that on the defensive line, that this group doesn't have the star power, that 2018 group, but it's deeper in talent and experience. And I think it's the best defensive line in the country. I do think Kate Klubnik They'll have a great year at the quarterback spot. They've got Shipley and Moffat running back, an improved offensive line. When I look at the schedule, I actually have Clemson favored in all 12 games. So I have Clemson number two in the country and uh, going to the playoff this year, uh, despite the fact they, they're probably not going to be in the top five or six of the AP poll at the start of the season. Very bullish on Clemson. Phil Steele, the author of the greatest college football publication ever sold. Uh, that's out there uh, at Barnes & Noble stores right now or online at Phil Steele's website. He's all over Clemson. He's got him number two in the college football playoff returning to where Dabo had them on the regular for so many years. Wow. We need to have this discussion because he is not the only one, Bone Man, to join us. Oh, that, no. that is a respected college football media member that is hyping up Clemson and thinks they could return to where they were before. There is a conversation to be had that has to be had here on this show right now. This was not my topic choice. I, I tried to put this one on the old uh, the old back burner there. But you know what? Clemson, Mac won out on this one because you are more respected than I am with our staff meetings. This is those those, those lengthy staff meetings. How do, how do we provide well, could, the best? But here's the thing, though. If you think it's BS, just say it's BS. BS. You know what I mean? Just say Clemson is not back or whatever. But all I'm pointing out is we've had two nationally respected college football guests on this show that have both been preaching about how good Clemson is going to be. Phil Steele says number two team in the country behind Alabama. And Andy Staples was on the show of On3 Sports, longtime college football writer, SI, The Athletic previously. And uh, he says the number one story of the ACC, Bob, well, listen, listen to the way he phrases it here. Oh, the, the return of Clemson into the National League. Oh! I remember the last couple times Clemson has brought in some, some really fresh new blood and new ideas, and they tended to take some fairly big steps forward. So uh, that was when you hired Garrett Riley to run the offense, I think should scare the hell out of the, rest of the, S- the ACC because they were, it felt like they were very stale. And, you know, I, I think, I know a lot of people blame DJ Uyangaloy for that, but I, I do think it was more kind of global, the issues there. And, you know, you go back to, to when Dabo hired Chad Morris to run the offense and when he hired Brent Venables to run the defense. That's when they went from being 
okay, we may be able to compete for an ACC title every once in a while, too. We are the best team in the ACC, and we can now compete for national titles. So, obviously, Kate Klubnick looked very good at the end of the season. Will Shipley's back. But that's, that's where I, I want to see what does that offense look like? How different is it? How tough is it to stop? Because I know Florida State is better, and I think Florida State's going to be pretty good this year. But I still think Clemson's going to be the best team in the ACC, and I think there's a chance with that defensive line and all those old guys coming back that they could be a national title contender. That's Andy Staples on 3on3sports.com. Phenomenal interview on Friday. Check it out. Apple, Spotify, wherever uh, your podcast platform is found. His new show also drops tonight on YouTube for On3. So Andy Staples there. We thank him for that. couple points here. First of all, I was a little distracted listening back to Andy Staples because for the first time ever, because Mac does have now the Phil Steele magazine, but that small print has now brought out Flounder Max reading glasses. We've heard so much about, and I'm looking at my man now. He's a combination between, I'd say, Mad Dog Russo, John Gruden, and Sally Jesse. <laughs> my daughter said, you look like a grandmother. Dad, what's wrong with you? Because I, I have to put him on the edge of my nose so yeah. I can like look at the Phil Steele magazine with the glasses, but then look at the computer screen with the non-reading glasses. It's a very complex situation. <laughs> was, but don't deflect the issue no, here. I think, here's my thing. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and, and be a boob and think that Clemson can eventually, with Garrett Riley, get back to what they were. Are I they think, back this year? I don't are they going to be one of the I two say, or three best in the this country. This year, I say no, they're not back down the line. We'll analyze it because I think the quarterback play is going to be improved. I think their offense is going to be better. I actually think Will Shipley probably doesn't get enough national attention, to be honest, for how great he could be. But I need to see some form of receivers emerge in a dominant fashion. Like That's when they were at their best. It wasn't just the quarterback play. It was NFL high-level Wide receivers. I'm not saying they need. Maybe it's a combination of a couple of guys. I need to see what they have, Mac, at wide receiver that can get separation and be sort of what they used to be in that position. Until I can say Clemson is back. That's my question about that. Listen, that's fair. That's definitely fair. But I think they're a playoff team. I think they're winning the ACC, and I think that's going to get them into the playoff. Which is, I'm not saying they're full Clemson back. I'm not saying they're back winning national titles or you know back to the Watson and, and Lawrence years. But I do think they're going to make a big step back there. I think it's going to look majorly different than the last few years. And Andy Staples' point is a brilliant one. Dabo Sweeney got a little stubborn there with his coordinator hires last year. He, you know, I, I'm, I'm still not sure about what he did on the defensive side. Uh, I'm still not sure they're not going to need a bigger name bone on that side, too, at some point. But on the offensive side of the ball, he at least realized the street or promotion. That's not the way to go. That you need to go back to, like he said, with Chad Morris and Venables, go outside and go get yourself a stud coordinator. And that's what Garrett Riley is. I think he's the perfect guy to work with a quarterback in Klubnik who's probably going to be their best, certainly their best once, you know, since since Lawrence. I mean, that's not going to be hard after what DJU did. The running game should be elite. I think the defense should be elite too. I think there's there the guys on the back end there that had rough moments at times like Wiggins. They're a year more experienced. I don't think Clemson will give up the big plays in the passing game that they did uncharacteristically last year. And they got dudes up front with experience like Xavier Thomas, Aroro, uh Tyler Davis. Like and the two linebackers 
are absolute it studs. Like, Trotter and Bear Carter are studs, man. It sounded like you were saying a name like Scooby Doo over there does. Aurora. Aurora. Oh, don't be. Oh, you do not be making fun of Rook Aurora, baby. Aurora. I just the best names in college football. I'm just saying that one kind of snuck up on me here, Flounder. Aurora. Are y'all are y'all buying this? That Clemson is back on the way back, or are you? Not buying any of this. Flounder, are you buying any of this, or does this sound like too much? What are you thinking? Well, no, I, th- I think they probably... I, I, I think they probably make the playoff. Now, I will say this. I think it's due to their schedule. I think their schedule sets up pretty well. Florida State, their toughest game, at least on paper, to begin the year at home. Notre Dame at home. Now, they do have to go on the road to South Carolina. They have to open the season uh-huh. on the road at Duke. But do you think they lose both of those games? And then outside of that, what's the game on the schedule that you think the team loses? I don't really know. I mean, their two toughest games are at home. They, they get the luxury yeah. of having Florida State and Notre Dame. You might have already said that. But they get, they I, get their yeah, two, that's what I let off. Is, oh, Notre, that, that, okay. is Notre Dame tougher than South Carolina this year? Uh, mm, yeah, I would still say ball? yes. I would still I would say yes. So. That offense that. could be better this year than it's been in the past. Notre so. Dame, how many points they put up on you with their scrubby quarterback play last year? I'm just saying, Ooh, Sam, Sam Harbin's a quarterback. I'm saying, playing South Carolina this year for Clemson on the road wow. at williams Bryce. That's that's South Carolina proved last year they can beat them on the road. South Carolina can definitely beat them again at home this year. I, I believe that. I'm not sold on that Gamecocks defense. Uh, here we go. The defense is still, to me, an, an issue. Offensive line, too, has been a real concern. I, I've seen well, the from offense, people well, now here's the deal. Look how the segment got turned into a doubt the Gamecocks segment. Yeah. Well, it's time. not even that, but like coming <laughs> into the season, so you really think coming into the season right now, if they, if, if you had to pick the better team, you would pick South Carolina over Notre Dame? I would pick Notre Dame. I, I mean, would say Notre Dame's the better. Do I think South Carolina could be? Now I'm Notre Dame Golden guy again. Hey, easy there, peepers. <laughs> oh, man. But I, I, mean, I, I mean, what were you saying, Bob? Clemson does play at NC State this year as well. I mean that's not exactly that's not easy by any means. Ah, but they I mean they've kind of they've kind of owned them. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I I guess, I would say they probably make the playoff. But the better question is do I think they're a serious threat to Georgia yet? I would still say no. No, I wouldn't go that far either. That's, that's, that's a fair point. This guy, John, says for for Clemson to be back, they have to be national title good or down to the wire in a title game with an SEC team good. And that's fair. I'm not on here trying to talk all that talk. You know, Clemson Mac, everybody's bashing me on Twitter. Clemson Mac on the text line. I'm not on here trying to say that much. I, I, would, I like the way Bone said it. They're starting something. They could be starting something here with Garrett Riley and the explosion. I think Antonio Williams is a guy that's really important. Um, and I would think he would be better in this offense a year, you know, into his career. But we'll see. But I definitely think... They're the best in this ACC. I, and I agree with what Andy... No, it's Phil Steele. Phil Steele. I agree with what Phil Steele said. I think next week here in Charlotte, the media is going to vote Florida State as the favorite. And that's really my number one cause, is that Florida State is not, in my opinion, better than Clemson. I've been wrong every now and then with my preseason picks. No. But I don't think Florida State is the best in the ACC. I think Clemson is. Like, I think you... Are you picking Florida State? In the uh, ACC, I, I, they I have, know you danced around. They have it. not given me an official vote yet for that for some reason. But You've been I, dancing right I, around. I, I probably will. It's a Flounder's point about. So Clemson. then you don't think they're near back? 
But they don't win the ACC. I don't think they are. And here's the thing, Flounder, too, with this. Mm -hmm. If Clemson was not in the ACC and they were in the SEC with Georgia, Bama, LSU, where do they fall in there? If they were in the Big Ten with Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, they're in the ACC, so their path is a little bit clearer than the other, if they were in the Big Ten or the SEC, where would Clemson fall in the order? But, of those you, but here's the thing: this is when you know Clemson's gonna gonna be good when Bone starts saying. But if we move them to another or, conference, how good yeah, would they be? None of that or matters. It's when, so, it's, it's when you take off your pants and show us your Clemson underwear. Also, that's another <laughs> fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you got you not liking Clemson, Max? I mean, here's here. the thing: I never I, the way I see it. I enjoyed, hires a game changer. I, I enjoyed him not being here for a little bit. With the Big Ten, are we sure they're not better than Ohio State right now? The team, like, like Ohio State, they got to replace their starting quarterback. Three there's, top 20 picks. On believe offense. it or not, there's they, questions about Ryan Day, which I, I mean, think, it's just their high level. running backs and wide receivers. I would never, oh, yeah, they're, they're special. But, I would never <laughs> want to be wrong, but I think Penn State's winning the Big Ten this year. Ooh. Are you trying to bone curse him? I you trying to bone curse my oh, why, why am I not Penn State bone now? I'm, I'm down Penn State. We don't Maybe want you. Penn State ball. You need me. You want we me back. We don't want you. Yeah. Uh, people want you, to say, people want you to say a Roro's name again, Mac. A Root, a Roro. By the way, Gamecock Kevin is furious right now. Gamecock Kevin is angry. Hating ass Mac. He says, Flounder, you got your time coming, buddy. We better than y'all. Tick-tock, tick-tock. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Stanford P says, Clemson, he's another Gamecock fan. He says, yes, Clemson is back. Back-to-back losses to the Gamecocks. Oh, <laughs> oh well played, uh, sir. Oh, that's pretty good. Well played. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. So we actually had an article drop on Yahoo. I think it was during the show. Yes, um, on Friday, I should say. But we just never got around to it. Jake Fisher had a lot to discuss surrounding the P.J. Washington situation. Arguably the most valuable free agent left still, just because we're so deep into the free agent process. Most of these guys have been signed already, except for one P.J. Washington. And so this is what Jake Fisher writes. The starting point for a new regime, the first offseason for a theoretical next general manager of the Hornets, would be quite challenging with both Bridges and Washington Taking qualifying offers after distant negotiations prior to summer league, the early word among league personnel suggested Washington and Charlotte were far apart on a four year structure typical for such an extension. Washington has not drawn an offer from the Hornets that reaches Isaiah Stewart's salary figure. He just agreed to a contract extension worth $16 million per season. Okay. 
we talked about PJ possibly making close to 20 million a year, right? Yes. But now we're having this report from Jake Fisher stating that PJ hasn't even gotten an offer from Charlotte where he would be making 16 million dollars a year. I know both of you didn't love 20 million a year for PJ Washington, right? I understand that. I didn't think it was going to get to 20, but I thought he'd get close. I really did. I have I just don't understand the feeling coming into the offseason and the plan that you had in place was to bring back your free agents just to retain them. Bringing back Miles Bridges. I didn't expect it to be on the qualifying offer, but I did expect him to be back. And I expected you to bring back P.J. Washington. You wanted to bring those guys back, and that means you couldn't really go out there and get outside help. So if that's the case, take care of the plan that you have set forth. But you don't. Dennis Smith Jr., he goes to the Nets. Reportedly, the Hornets were going to give him more than the vet minimum. They were going to offer him more than $2.5 Dennis Smith Jr. found more of an opportunity with the Nets. The Nets made him a priority. He decided to leave. I am a little comforted in the sense that the Charlotte Hornets gave DSJ an offer. But, Wes, what are you going to do now? I mean, now we're in rumors about trading for DeLon Wright or some backup point guard help. Okay, great. I like having another grown-up in the locker room. If you don't want to pay P.J. Washington $20 million a year, fine, I understand that. But $16 million a year, where that contract is going to hold at 16 per while the salary cap goes up. So sixteen, he's worth that now. I feel very good about saying he's worth that now. But the salary cap is going to go up. So that contract is not going to get any worse as you move on into his deal. This seems like unnecessary hardball by the Charlotte Hornets. Just give him money because of the way that you've asked him to perform in a bunch of different roles. This kind of money, if it was $20 million, okay. But $16 million, I think he's worth that, and I think the Charlotte Hornets should get this thing done. Yeah, I mean, to me, it just depends on the years. What are you looking at? Because, I, as you said, I'm not a firm believer in giving P.J. Washington a long-term deal because I just feel like he's still young and up-and-coming player with a lot to prove. And, yes, he does provide uh, some great things for the Hornets, but he's also, like you said, we've talked about the inconsistencies and things of that nature. But I think that the Hornets, uh, I've said all offseason, they need to figure out how they want this team to look, who's going to be your guys. Let's get the pecking order in order. And so I don't know that P.J. Washington necessarily fits into their plans in that regard. I think maybe they want to do uh, the, the the qualifying contract, see how the team looks healthy this season, see how far you can go, and then make decisions from there. But I just think they are a little bit uh, nervous to give him a long-term extension just because they have so many guys. So if, if you want to put him on the qualifying offer and not have any – so that means you're losing Gordon Hayward. That means you're losing Miles Bridges. That means you have an opportunity to lose P.J. Washington as well. All of a sudden, you don't have so many guys in the front court. And this is all, this is, it's short-sighted, in my opinion, to not take care of P.J. It's real short-sighted. If you want to take a look at what's coming up this season, then sure, it might be hard to, to divvy up the minutes, especially with Brandon Miller on the roster. But you're not bringing back Gordon Hayward. He's not coming back. Okay, so that's one guy that's gone after the season. By the way, he's hurt a lot anyway, so opportunity is going to be there. Miles Bridges might not be back. He might feel somewhat slighted. We've talked about a potential lack of awareness there. The dude was asking for 25 mil per. No. Okay, so now he's back on the qualifying offer. With PJ, 16 is fine. Like, we had our debates when we got close to 20. But paying PJ Washington 16 million annually, 
especially with the way that he helps Mark Williams, who you are investing in, LaMelo Ball, who you are investing in, and even Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller has a struggle driving to the rack. What would help? Having somebody that can take defensive assignments instead of putting Brandon Miller out there because he's rail thin. And also, P.J. can space you out to give Brandon Miller more room to operate when he's trying to go to the cup. He helps your three guys that you have invested in, and yet you want to play hardball over $16 million with the salary cap rising? Doesn't make much business sense to me. Do you think that maybe because... Miles Bridges, he can have his feelings hurt all he wants, but if he comes back and plays the way they feel like that he can, and if they max him out, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, the rules should still be in their favor as far as if they want to max him out, they can give him the most money. They have bird rights. Yeah, so uh, I think money will talk at the end of the day. And so do you think maybe they're wondering, like, okay, well, if Miles plays the way we want him to, we're going to give him this type of deal, and they don't want to sink so much money into that front court, especially even though Mark Williams is young. But then you would come up to a point where you say, all right, you know, you have to start choosing who's going to get paid and who's not. And so with P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges not wanting to pay them both exorbitant salaries. I mean, I I guess you're asking about P.J.'s, it, whether the, the front court if you, is Because if you pay them I'm, both, if you pay, if you give them both qualifying offers this year, they're both free agents next year. Yeah. Do they want to sink major chips into P.J. and Miles t- together? Like, do you think that's playing into the decision because they're going to go with Miles if Miles does what they expect him to do? They're going to end up giving him a big deal and then just letting P.J. just walk. I mean, I, I guess that could be playing into this. But remember, you're trying to... You've already been trying to trade Terry Rozier, who's making over $20 million annually. Yeah. Gordon Hayward is going to free up $30 million annually. Is Miles Bridges going to get to the point where he can resurrect enough value to the point where he's making $30 million? I don't think he'll get that much money. You know, we'll see what happens this season. But also, he's going to miss 10 games right off the bat. I don't know if he's just going to be immediately thrown into the lineup like that. He'll be a part of the rotation. But with Brandon Miller here, too, I mean, I, I guess I just... Yeah, to me, it might be making that might be the the reason they're deciding not to pay PJ Washington. But I look, I guess I just value defense a lot more. Like I do. This is this is a team that turned it around the last couple of months. But you can't ask Lamelo to play defense 100 percent of the time when one he's not very good at it right now, and also offensively he's everything. He means so much to that team offensively. So don't give him that kind of responsibility. Mark Williams can be your defensive anchor, yes, but who else are you putting out there on the perimeter? Miles Bridges is going to get beat back door just like he was before he had a year layoff. I mean, do we just not care about that? It's This is the thing. It's not $20 million is a legitimate debate. $20 million, if you think that's way too much, okay, I understand it. I would have flirted with it, but cool. But the fact that they're not even going to give him Isaiah Stewart money? Because some of these teams will take care of their own guys in some kind of good faith. But also, PJ, man, that was the one guy that was available and did so many different things you asked him to do. And now you're trying to play hardball unnecessarily. It seems to me that it's just bad business. Now, if he's not taking $16 million and he's so hell-bent on getting 20 okay, maybe we don't know that. I don't know. But with this report, 
that's what's frustrating to me. Yeah, that could be a play as well because maybe he does understand. Obviously, he understands because he's the player. He feels probably how you feel about himself. All the things you asked me to do, all the things I can do for this franchise, I should be getting uh, X amount of dollars. And so I think that could be a play here as well. So uh, as far as how this thing is going to play out, I still think we'll see P.J. Washington perhaps in a Charlotte Hornets uniform next season. But uh, this has been an interesting turn in the offseason that I certainly didn't see coming. Yeah, we have uh, summer league sessions to talk about. Got a little uh, talking a little bit more about P.J. Washington here because it's just it's weird, right? This thing could play out even further, especially if they are so far apart on contract negotiations. But we did have summer league session. It was uh, it's completely done now. No more summer league games for the Charlotte Hornets. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Just in case you missed it earlier this week on the Wesson Walker Show. We did have some news take place this weekend. Darren Gant of the Carolina Panthers and their website, Panthers.com. He reported that the Panthers have made an offer, an official offer to Brian Burns, but we don't know the numbers. It has not been agreed to, of course, yet. And we could see this actually play out a little longer, Wes, because the market, it's not done. We could see some other edge rushers out there getting some money, and that'll be interesting to see how that might affect Brian Burns. Yes. These negotiations have always seemed in good faith. We have not heard of any problems whatsoever. We haven't heard of any potential holdout. Brian Burns has been alongside his teammates at any team function. You can, for instance, this is not a Saquon Barkley situation where he's got the franchise tag. We'll see what happens with him at the end of the day. If he does not agree to a deal with the Giants, then we'll see what happens with that tag. The exact opposite. Everything we've heard has been about how much the Carolina Panthers value Brian Burns, and so I expect it to go along. What kind of numbers do you think we're talking here, Wes, and what kind of timeline are we talking as well? Um, Man, I think that when you look at it, it, it's so interesting because it depends on how he wants to play it because of the leverage he has. We know the trades that the Panthers had for him. We know the stats that he's been putting up, so he definitely has a lot of leverage when you're talking about the Panthers, and so when you look at T.J. Watt sitting there 28 million his average salary per year well he has two less sacks than tj watt over the last two seasons so he could maybe go in there with that i know he doesn't have a 22 and a half sack season but he could also use that uh, in his favor um you know three straight seasons of nine or more sacks but i think that Man, if I'm if I'm him, and I think the offer probably, especially for starters, I think it's going to come in a little bit above Miles Garrett. I would say probably 26 to 26 and a half average per year, I would say, is what the offer would be if I were to guess that. And then I would say the total guaranteed, when you look at the best in the business, I mean, oof. 100 million Miles Garrett has. So I think his contract is probably the starting place. I'd go, his fully guaranteed is 50. I would say probably about 60 or so for Burns, fully guaranteed, and then probably 26 to 26 and a half average. Well, and and look, yeah, the the guaranteed matters, right? We know how much the contracts can get a little dicey trying to figure out the true value of it. But in bottom lines, I'm just going to keep it simple. He's going to get top five address for money. He's going to call for it. He's young enough. He has that kind of production as a 25-year-old. 
Yeah, right. I mean, you're you're probably right, Wes. I mean, he's going to get at least top five money annually. And with T.J. Watt, Joey Bosa, Miles Garrett being those guys at the top, Khalil Mack, Max Crosby, just to end the top five, you could argue that Khalil Mack is on the downside or I don't even know about his twilight, right? I mean, Khalil Mack is still yeah, he's, a beast. He's on a decline. But he's, I don't know about his, maybe still in his prime, but you get the idea. I, people haven't even talked about Brian Burns reaching his prime yet. We still think there is more room for him to grow and he's already a two-time pro bowler. So if you want to pay him for what he could become and what he's already accomplished, he's going to get big time money. When the Carolina Panthers turned down a trade for Multiple first-round picks and even a second-round pick, Wes, you always knew this thing was going to get done. This is not the time where Carolina can choose to be, you know, drawing a hard line in the sand. We're not going over this. Yeah, I mean, you kind of showed your cards. He plays a premium position. He's a really good player at that spot. He's going to get top money at the edge rusher position. Well, I mean, the Chargers, man, when they gave Joey Bosa that money, you talk about in good faith. Because if I'm Brian Burns, I'm looking at that Joey Bosa deal, and I'm like, "I I need that. Because he's at, when you look at a 21 and a half over the last three seasons, Brian Burns has 21 and a half over the last two seasons. His numbers are definitely uh, looking better than Bosa's over the last two. This guy's the number two in the league. When you talk about 27 million uh, average salary, he's got 102 million total guaranteed, 135 total value. If I'm Brian Burns, that's where we're starting this conversation because he's been putting up better numbers than him. So I think that if I'm him, this could this could hedge towards a holdout unless the Panthers are just willing to just adhere to his demands. But I think that that Joey Bosa contract is definitely the one that he's going to uh, that that he should shoot for, in my opinion, because his numbers are better. Uh, I think he's a better player at this point. So, yeah. I mean, if the Panthers are, I mean, look, as I've mentioned, it doesn't look like there's any problems right now between the two sides, but it could get that way. You're right. I mean, uh, I guess a potential holdout could get that way if Burns feels slighted enough. I just everything that we've led up to, it doesn't seem like that's a problem right now. I don't know what the chances of that are happening. You, you can look up, you know, what the situation is surrounding Burns. He's making 16 million right now in base salary. And the Panthers could use a franchise tag on him in the off season if they're unable to agree on a deal. I just don't know if Carolina right now is going to be the team that dry that draws this hard line and says, well, we're not going to negotiate at all anymore on this. And maybe Burns decided, hey, I want more than what was originally expected. He did say we did hear him talk about how he wants to be one of the highest paid edge rushers in the league. We didn't he didn't say top five. He didn't say top three. He didn't give us a number. But maybe they're offering him money that doesn't make him a top three guy. And that's what he's shooting for. I, I just I just don't think it's going to happen, Wes. I just don't think we're going to get a holdout. I don't think that this is going to get real ugly here soon. What say you? I mean, I'm looking right now because I wanted to look up what Nick Bosa and my Niners are talking about giving him. And I mean, they said right now, PFF says we think a contract in the ballpark of five years, $167.5 million, $33.5 million per year. So if you're Brian Burns and you wait on him to get that, mm-hmm. and he sets the market at 33.5 at the top, I think he's going over that TJ Watt at 28. I think he says, listen, I want to come in at 29.30. Yeah. Here's what's interesting about that. I'm glad you brought that up. We talked about this with Pat Mahomes. 
where we talked about Pat Mahomes setting the market. Mm-hmm. The thing about Pat Mahomes agreeing to a contract, it's not like any other QB in the NFL can go to their team and say, well, Pat Mahomes got this. I think I deserve to be that. Mm-hmm. Nobody thinks you're Pat Mahomes. Sure. It's not Pat Mahomes level gap between the other quarterbacks in the league, but we can all agree. Brian Burns is not Nick Bosa. No, he's not. He, he's not. And so if he's not going to make 33, but you're right, you could set up the, you know, second, third, because you do start to move the the gap a little bit towards the top of the, of the line and who's making the most money. So no, you're not going to give Brian Burns 33 million and make it on par with what Nick Bosa is making. But yeah, perhaps he does become the second highest paid guy yeah. after Nick Bosa. That's absolutely feasible. That could absolutely happen with this Carolina Panthers. Team. He's got so much going in his corner. The trades, you look at the Panthers ranking near the bottom of the league in sacks. The fact that he has, uh, he's their leading Sacker by a large margin. Without Brian Burns, you got no password. Sorry. Yeah. Like, that's the biggest thing that he could sit at home and be like, oh, you don't want to pay me? All right, I'll chill. And then you just go out there and the quarterbacks can knit sweaters, call their girls, cook a steak, all that while they figure out which receiver they want to find down the field. <laughs> so that's why I think that at this In that point. order? Yeah, knit yeah, sweater. Knit a sweater, call your mom, yeah. call your girl. And then get something on the like, gotcha. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Tyreek Hill streaking <laughs> down the field. Got you, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> so I think that that's why I say I think at this point he waits for Bosa to get his money. And then they're going to come in somewhere under that. Mm-hmm. And just they're going to reset this market for the edge rushers, man. Him and him and Nick Bosa. How much do you think the Panthers balk at that? I, they can all they want, but they don't have a lot of room to. If, if you got a guy on the other side, if you have a Hassan Reddick on the other yeah. side, and you can say, oh, okay, well, whatever. We can just roll with Hassan. We'll trade you or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he is the Panthers' pass rush. There's no pass rush in Carolina without zero out there. So he can be able to do that. His worth has already been shown by them passing up two first-round picks for him. So he has all the leverage in his corner to come in right under Nick Bosa. Regardless if you feel like he deserves it or not, it's not about what they say is what they'll pay you. What's the saying goes? It's not about what what you're looking for. It's not about... I don't know what you're looking uh, for. You're worth what you negotiate. So I was trying to help you. I was searching in my brain. <laughs> There's somewhere. more phrases as well. It, I'll it find was, them. It was, com- it was coming up empty. We can look for some phrases that might uh, be attributed here. Did you have something over there, Flea Market GM? I just think what I what I took away from Wes was that there is zero pass rush without zero on the field. I, I know. That was good. That was yeah. a good one. No, it, it, I thought about it as well. I'm glad you brought the drums. Thank you for putting some emphasis on it. Yes, for those that don't know, in case you missed it, Brian Burns is changing his number to zero, and it looks fantastic. Now, the other thing I wanted to mention about Brian Burns, so you turn down the the trade offer for multiple picks, multiple first rounders. It's a lot coming in return. You could have this fallacy of sunk cost where you are just the person that is, you know, oh, well, I'm already all the way in on this pot. You know, I'm just going to keep betting and bluffing and bluffing and keep betting. And then in the end, you lose a lot more where you could get out from a bad mistake. If you consider not trading Brian Burns at the time, you could a bad mistake. If you consider that a mistake, then you don't have to sign him here and you could still trade him at some point and we could see what happens. Um, I just... I just don't think it's going to get to that. And it would be some pretty questionable decision-making from that front office, Wes, where this entire offseason, we have been commending them, not only for the coaching staff, 
But Wes, the, the most questioned move they made was Miles Sanders. And it's not even that big of a deal, right? Like it's it's the most money that any running back got paid this offseason. But that's this is the first offseason I can remember where the whole running backs don't matter mantra truly infiltrated decision making. It has. It, it, it really Sad. did this offseason. So with that being the most questioned move, and maybe you didn't like Bryce Young as the top pick, but most people do. If if you turn down trades last season and you don't pay Brian Burns going forward, that's going to be some pretty questionable decision making. But I don't expect it to get there. You know, that that's ultimately what we keep coming back to. I don't expect it to get there. Brian Burns is going to be a longtime Panther, and we'll just see when all this uh, takes place because it could take place any minute, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, and I think it'll be fine because at the end of the day, the Panthers have a rookie quarterback, and that is the benefits of having a rookie back there is that you can pay your guys. Just like with the 49ers, uh, they have Brock Purdy that they're paying next to nothing to as far as in the context of NFL contracts so that they can afford to pay him something like that. So with the Panthers having Bryce Young on the hook for five seasons at rookie money, they can afford to give Brian Burns that deal and that deal be pretty much done and they restructure, do whatever they need to do uh, before Bryce Young even has to come back to the table. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to three. Sit tight and stay locked because instant replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. The man who joins me every week during football season spent a decade in the NFL as a linebacker, always a Gamecock with a real dash of roll tide these days. He and his son, Christian Miller, hosting their own midday radio show on 1025 The Tide in Tuscaloosa. Our guy, the pastor of pain, Corey Miller, is back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Pastor, how are things? KB, KB, roll, roll. <laughs> so, so how many, uh, how many Hornets and Panthers jerseys did you spot in Tuscaloosa last time you were downtown? Man, Charlotte is huge in Tuscaloosa, brother. I just got back on last night uh, for spending about four days, and I tell you what, we we are so connected now, brother. The, you know, the Panthers, the Hornets, the Crimson Tide. It's amazing. It's everywhere, and they loving every minute of it. That's been cool, man. It's, it's been fun to you know see the reactions and receptions for both of these young guys, and uh, to see you know how folks are, are getting excited for their respective uh, debuts. And then, of course, I get the Georgia fans yelling "Go Dogs!" at me on the text line anytime I bring it up. But <laughs> we're we're really excited about this. Um, Bryce Young. I was joking before the break that there's going to be a collective gasp that you could hear from the other side of the country the first time Bryce Young takes a big hit 
in Bank of America Stadium, which might not be for a while because he's pretty adept at, uh, you know, at avoiding hits, as you and I have discussed in the past. What do you think is the most important thing for them to get him off to a strong start this year? I think it's just running the football, man, and, and just really allowing him to grow in the game, uh, let the game come to him, not asking him to do too much. So I think it's just, you know, having a really strong run game and, and uh, keep him really, you know, comfortable in the pocket. We know this capability. We know the fact that he can extend plays. But he likes to throw it down the field. Uh, I mean, he's, he's a gunslinger now. But, uh, but I think if he got a solid run game and, and he's not asked to do too much early in this shortness career, I should say, I think he's going to grow into it fine. He's smart. He knows the game. He knows better than coach. He truly is an, an extension of the coach on the field. So I think just, you know, being able to protect him a little bit, not let him take big-time shots, you know, throwing it 40 times a game, that, that won't be good. But if they can run the football, you know, third and short, things like that, let them get comfortable, use that tight end in the passing game, use it back out in the backfield, you know, throw dig routes, those end routes, I think he'll be fine. We got Corey Miller, Pastor of Payne, with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. College football, just around the corner. Mm. I hear that? Mm. My, my man's fired up. We mm. both are. Uh, mm. So let's start with Clemson. Because as soon as I said you were coming on, one of our Clemson fans said, here we go. What kind of, what kind of jokes is he going to have for us today? Um, give, give me your real, as a Gamecock, we all know it's coming through a Gamecock-colored prism here, but uh, give me your real, honest, true opinion on Dabo, his new offensive coordinator, Kate Klubnick coming back. Like They think they're going to be back in the conversation as one of the four or five best teams in America. Give me your best attempt at objectivity. Well, listen, I think what Clemson has to, to – I think Riley does a lot. I mean, I think the, the whole you know offensive system was very uh, stale last year. I thought the play calling was horrible. I, I really did. I didn't think it was all DJ's fault, although he took the blame on, on how bad this offense was. I thought it was Brandon Streeter. I thought he was, he was terrible as an offensive coordinator. I think it's going to be better offensively for Clemson. You got Cade Klubnick coming back. He got some valuable minutes at the end of the season. He has to learn how to play. I mean, he was a run-around guy scrambling, trying to create all these crazy throws, and that didn't work, especially against Tennessee in the bowl game. Um, so you know he's going to grow. He's going to make strides from year one to year two. He has ability. Um, but I think some wide receivers got to step up. I mean, who are their good guys? I mean, they don't have those big-name guys anymore. So that's a question mark for me. Who, who's going to separate at the wide receiver position? Who's going to put fear into a defensive coordinator's mind. I don't know who that is. Uh, Shipley's back. You know they, they can run the football. He did a great job last year. Defensively, they got nice linebackers. They dropped off to me in the pass rush department. I mean, they got a Charlie Weiss coaching defense. I didn't, I didn't even understand that hire. I mean, the guy's smart. And you give a computer and tell him to drop defense, he's great. But he's not Brent Venables. So I thought the defense took a step back. So I don't know about the defensive coordinator. That's still a big question mark for me, and I'm being serious. Um, do I think they're a top four team? No. I just looked at uh, who was it that had them number two in the preseason. Was that Phil Steele? He's out of his mind. <laughs> he has them preseason ranked number two. Where? How? Why? We hold on. We got Corey Miller, pastor of pain. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You said you think Clemson's a top 12 team in the country. We're, we're, the, game, yeah, I, the, the South Carolina Gamecocks are top what in the country? I think they're a top twenty-five program. I don't. I think they lost a lot. Um, 
I, I love Spencer Rattler. I think he's going to be much better. They, too, have a different offensive coordinator that I think is going to make things easier, meaning that these players understand what the play call is now. <laughs> I mean, the guy was a train wreck. And matter of fact, I should come up there and just start setting fireworks off at the coach. I'm letting them cover South Carolina. Listen, man, Santa Fe was terrible. Thank God he's moved on. But I think they're going to be better offensively. I mean, they got Juice Wells, who's a phenomenal wide receiver. They they need a number two guy to step up. Uh, You know, they're going to move some people around a little bit uh, at the running back position because that's a a, a need. Um, But, listen, defensively, they're going to be fine. They're going to play hard. They play smart. Special teams, they're one of the top three in the country. I mean, this Beamer ball, you know this better than anybody, KB. I mean, it's, it's just taking on what his dad did. South Carolina is the new Virginia Tech in the, in the SEC. They are. Oh. And they win by playing hard and great in special teams. And so I think they're going to be a 7-5 team, 8-4. and four. Uh, I think they got some tough games on the road uh, at Tennessee. Uh, they got Georgia on the road. I mean, those are going to be tough games. Uh, so – I give seven, eight wins again, uh, but I think they're top 25 team. Last thing, I'll let you go. Uh, being that you are a diehard, lifelong Charlotte Hornets fan uh, with all sorts yes, of gear. Yeah, you are, obviously. Everyone knows it. It's established. Um, you, you're talking to Tuscaloosa listeners and Tuscaloosa fans, Alabama fans every single day. Um, just in, in your conversations, your experiences so far, and especially the last several months, what do people, the fans down there, think of new Charlotte Hornet Brandon Miller? What, what's the gist you get from those Alabama fans? We had a lot of we had a lot of questions. Didn't like the first couple of games, and you know thought he was a little bit laid back, a little bit conservative. Worried about how uh, was he? Should he been the number two pick? I heard it all, but then the last game, Brandon Miller is the guy that I know, the guy that I watched in Tuscaloosa, a guy that can do it all. And play great defense with his length. A guy that can get a rebound and, and take it down the floor and flush it over people. A guy that got great eyes, great vision, court vision. He can dish it and pass it. The, the guy that can pull back, step back, and, and bottoms up, hit a three ball. I mean, that's the guy that, that, that everybody in Tuscaloosa and myself know that he can be that in the NBA. So, uh, you know, I think this guy's going to be, be very, very good, KB, because he has, he has all the tools in the toolbox. He's going to do a lot, not just scoring. Plays great defense. He can pass. He's smart. And he's a good kid. Despite what happened in Tuscaloosa with all that foolishness about him being a part of whatever, I totally disagree with that. I think he's a good kid. And so I think he's going to do good things uh, in Charlotte. Love it. Corey Miller, uh, weekdays on 100.9, Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama sports in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. The Miller's Edge, weekdays down there in Tuscaloosa. Good to have you back. Glad we you, love you, KB. Glad you did. love you, bro. You, you're, you're a fan. You're, I mean, you're a big star down there to the fans, man. They, they love you. And you got to tune in because my new song is out for the Georgia Bulldogs, and it's just a respin of Tracy Chapman. You oh, know, Fast you Cars? Fast Car. Yeah! Fast Car. That's, oh that's their new thing, so. Heck yeah. All right, well, thank you, buddy. I appreciate you. Looking forward to talking weekly with you during football season. Uh, likewise. Love you, boys, man. Thanks a lot. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.